Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. Today I had the opportunity to talk with Sarah Coleman, Education and Development Director for New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties and couldn't finish our conversation, which is why you'll hear me reading some success stories rather than hearing Sarah tell about them. She does get to share a lot of great information about new vocations and why she is so passionate about finding forever homes for these lovely horses. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on back and helping me out. Anytime. Thank you for the opportunity. We love to tell people about our organization for sure. Well, I had so much fun just last time chatting with you and like learning new things and then it made me want to ask more questions. And so, yeah, it. I think it's going to be just great. We're going to have fun. Awesome. Is it okay? Do you mind if I start back at the top with questions? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Well, and I interrupted you last time about locations. We were talking about locations and then we got off on these fun tangents. And so I really... <laughs> So I would love to know more about New Vocations locations, what you guys have in different places, where your places are. Tell me about your new place, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. So we are actually have five different locations, training locations right now, meaning that we have adoptable horses in these locations. So we have two locations in Ohio, one in Kentucky, one in Pennsylvania, and one in New York. And how we operate is we usually just want to make sure that we're within probably about 30 minutes or so of a track because we want it to be easy for the horses to get to us when they retire from the track. And also we need to be pretty close to a major highway. You know, a lot of times our horses leave on big semis and we have to make sure that those rigs can get in and out of our location. Sure. So, and we do also have multiple rehab locations. So probably about 60 to 65% of the horses who come into our program require some format of rehabilitation, whether it's just time off to let their bodies kind of let down and decompress and heal a little bit from the rigors of racing, or it could sometimes mean they need a chip removal from a knee or an ankle or mentally they just need to chill out for a little bit. So we have three different rehabs in Kentucky. Then in some of our locations, they do both training horses and rehab horses. And that's how it is in our other locations. Okay. How many horses can you accommodate at each location thereabout? Sure. So Kentucky is our largest. We have 30 horses in training and about 25 to 30 in our different rehab locations. And just to kind of give you an idea, at any given time, we have about 130 to 140 horses on our books, for lack of a better word. So our facility in Saratoga is our most recent location that we opened. And our, our trainer up there actually services both standard bred and thoroughbred racehorses. So she's kind of a jack of all trades, which is wonderful. So she has probably five or six horses. And then Ohio is our second largest after Kentucky and Pennsylvania has about 10. Okay. Now, do you have like indoor rings at each of your locations? Does we everybody do. get stalls or yep, paddocks? Or... Yep. And we've tried to do it without an indoor arena, but in all honesty, the weather, as you know, everywhere in the last couple of years has been so touch and go. That's right. We really, yeah. We really want our horses once they come into training to kind of, you know, have a steady routine. That's what they're used to from the track. And we'd like to keep them going. Our average day in our program, which is amazing to me, once they come into training is on average about 45 days. Oh, that's quick turnaround. Yeah, it's very quick. And that's really, and I speak mostly from Kentucky because obviously it's what I'm most familiar with, but that's one of the distinctions about our program is that you're not getting, you know, a horse that's ready to go and horse show. You're getting a horse that can walk, trot, canter, stop and steer. It's used to going out in a herd. You know, we reacclimate them to turnout. It can stand in cross ties. It basically is ready to go into a boarding situation, but it is still a green horse. And our, our average adoption fee is about 400 
$150 to $500, reflecting that they don't have a whole ton of training. So that's a lot of horses going, but that's a wonderfully quick turnaround. Yeah. And you guys have great prices. But, you know, you're getting a horse, though, that has had a break. It's not fresh from the track two days later. Exactly. Uh, and you guys put a lot of work and days into riding that horse and, you know, getting it back to being a horse. I think that that's just so quick. Yeah. You know, I was surprised that it's that quick. Yep. So, okay. Well, now talk to me a little bit about what type of horses new vocations take. Sure. Absolutely. So we do service both standard bred and thoroughbred racehorses. And we are specifically adoption, meaning we take a horse that either is coming to us sound or if it has an injury, that injury has a good prognosis of the animal being sound after rehabilitation. So we are not okay. retirement. You know, we don't own our own land anywhere. Even in Kentucky, we we are a long-term leasee of this 85 acres that we built on. And that means that we just have a finite amount of room and space. So we focus specifically on adoption. And again, that doesn't mean that every horse in our program is so sound that it can go out and jump around Rolex. Okay, so the type of horses you accept are with a good prognosis and they're um, they're healthy and they're ready to go, possibly not able to jump around Rolex, but most of us don't do that anyway. So what type of horses do you guys accept? So we accept basically... Anything that is sound, we service 40 different tracks. So we we take any horse directly from a track that is retiring, or we take in horses that if they have some form out of injury, can be sound with either, you know, a surgery, time off, rehab. So everything from bowed tendons, uh, chips that need to be removed, ankle chips. We do take some fractures, slab fractures of the knee. Anything that has a good prognosis that the horse will be able to be ridden once that injury is healed, we take. Okay. Well, and that's probably a pretty big variety. Yeah. Do you have a lot of trainers and owners who are really desirous to get their horses into you guys? Do you guys have kind of a waiting list? We do. And, and we're very, very lucky because our horses, the majority of our horses move pretty rapidly. The average wait to get a horse in our program is usually just about seven to 10 business days. Oh, the, that's not bad at all. Oh, not bad at all. And the, the donor is responsible for getting the horse to us. So, you know, if we say, hey, we've got an opening in Pennsylvania, but you're in New York, they are responsible for getting the animal to us wherever we first have an opening essentially. Sure, and that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And are they are they responsible for surgical procedures as well? Um we do ask that our that horses that need, you know, long longer term care come with a donation, but we do not require it. So some of them okay. do and some of them don't. Okay. And now New Vocations does a lot of fundraising. Can you talk about your fundraising um, opportunities and things that you guys do? Sure, absolutely. We do. We do quite a bit of uh, coming up in the next little bit. We actually have what we call our Breeders' Cup campaign, which is wonderful because it's not super time. It's time intensive, but not monetarily uh, expensive for us to do. Once they have the list of the horses that will run in the Breeders' Cup, we send basically asks in the mail and we say, hey, we see your horses running in the Breeders' Cup. Would you consider donating a portion of your winnings? to new vocations, which is wonderful, you know, so they don't, they don't necessarily lose any money for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And it's very simple for them to donate to us. And it, it's wonderful PR for them. We're super excited to have them. It really is win-win. We also just finished one of our big standard bread fundraisers is we just finished uh, an auction that we run in conjunction with the jug, which is a, a big event that they do in Delaware, Ohio. All right. And I see that you guys sometimes do some fundraising horse shows. So it sounds like your fundraising opportunities are a lot of fun too. A lot of work. I'm sure it's a ton of work to put those on, but you guys have some cool stuff. We do. We do. And we, we also do our Ohio Horse Show and also our Kentucky Horse Show, which are just wonderful, wonderful events. Okay. Yeah, I bet people really do enjoy being a 
part of that and knowing that it's going to such an excellent cause. Maybe some of their horses that they're showing, have they come from new vocations? Yes, they do. And, and we always make sure that we recognize them, you know, both in social media posts and, and all that kind of stuff. But they are really proud to have new vocations graduates. It's very cool. Obviously, it's a great marketing tool for us. We call them our success stories. So we highlight them both in our yeah. newsletter and social media, which is, is really fun because they just love their horses. I mean, they love their horses. That is so wonderful. I love to hear things like that. That is great. Well, okay. So you guys have a big job. You're transitioning racehorses into regular life. So what are some steps you take to do that? Sure. Absolutely. So normally when they come to us and I'll speak just when they come over to the training barn, um, you know, a lot of these horses live in stalls 23 hours a day, except for the hour, you know, that they're out working on the track or getting hand walked. So many of them mm -hmm. have not been turned out in potentially multiple years. So Melissa is our facility director here in Kentucky. And, and she, when I first got this job, was wonderful about kind of literally taking me around and doing exactly what you're saying. Step by step, this is what we do. And one of the first steps is getting them acclimated to turnout. Um, and it's really, I very much enjoy it because it's so funny the first time they go out, you know, we, we turn them in a little, we call them our all weather round pens. So that's how they learn to go out. And, you know, they have not had flies on them. They have not had rain. They have not had, you know, all these things that most horses are used to. Um, right. So we get them acclimated to turn out. And then uh, Melissa, the very first time she doesn't immediately get on them. She lunges them first just to kind of see, you know, what kind of brain is she working with? How are things kind of, mm -hmm. kind of going? And then from there she will actually, once she lunges them with a saddle, she lunges them, then lunges them with a the saddle on and then then actually pulls her stirrups down and lets them kind of hit them in the side a little bit to see how they'll be when she swings a leg over. Mm -hmm. And during all this, she's getting them used to things like cross ties, being fly sprayed, hoses. You know, a lot of these guys were always just sponged on the track. So they have not been around, you know, hoses that look like snakes and, and things <laughs> like that. It's a big job, but it's a really, really fun atmosphere. And, and what I always really enjoy is kind of seeing the horses come into their own, you know, their personalities. Once they get out and they get with their buddies, they, they they develop this <laughs> attitude that you don't normally see. And, and it's hilarious. You know, they're kind of like toddlers. They have no sense of personal space. You have to remind them of stuff. Their herd mates have to remind them. But it is, <laughs> it just is really, it's a really, really fun experience. And a lot of them get a lot of confidence that they might not necessarily have had when, when they first shipped in us, which is really cool. That would be so fun to see that transition and watch them become horses again in, in this regular life of horses. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. So what are some things that they find to be really difficult to transition? Do some of them really have some hard spots they, in certain areas? They do. They do. Some of them really have a tough time, in all honesty, in herd situations. They do always get used to it, but some of them have been so long on their own, you know, just, you know, the macho racehorse that they kind of have a little bit of a difficult time transitioning to having buddies in the field and, you know, maybe they're always low man and, and that that is a little bit difficult to see, but like I said, they do always end up transitioning. Some of them just take a little bit longer. Some of them... Are, have a harder time, you know, it's not our feeding routines and turnout routines are always the same every day, but some of them, we typically work them and by work, I mean like 15, 20 minutes under saddle for about three mm -hmm. days a week. And some of them really want more, you know, they, they are used to getting sure. worked seven days a week and, and they're like, wait, 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 what's going on? You know, where is, where is everybody? <laughs> but a lot of times, and, and some of them just really need a little bit longer just to acclimate to the quieter lifestyle. And that's okay. pretty, you know, a lot of them are just like, they, they get off here, they come into the training barn and they take this big breath, you know, and they're like, oh, <laughs> this is so much quieter, which is cool. But a lot of them, like I said, there, there are very few that don't transition completely. Very, very few. And both your horses are, or both your breeds of horses are really acclimated to to like 
just stuff going on, yes. sectors and, and commotion and all of that kind of stuff. So that's not something you guys have to work on very much, or do you find that you do? We do not. The only thing that they might not be used to is some of them are not used to little kids, and some of them are oh, not yeah. used to dogs. But we don't we don't have very many of those, at, at least in Kentucky. You know, we don't have, like, small children running through the ring or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but what I found was hilarious is when I adopted my young horse from here, he loves kids. He loves anything smaller than him. Aww. He's, like, so intrigued by them. He wants to like sniff them and smell them and follow them around and you know it's funny but then when I thought about it I was like you know he's never been around anything smaller than him it's right. fun like I said these guys personalities are just hilarious I love it that's I, I just think this is such a neat program such a good start for them to get a good step up into the rest of their life yes, you know absolutely so the two breeds you guys deal with thoroughbreds and standard breads how do they differ in their training or is it pretty much you guys are going you're a horse and we're starting you this way <laughs> You know, it is different, especially in our standard bread trainer in Ohio. Her name is Jennifer Daniels, and she is just fantastic. And I actually had called her because I do a bunch of freelance writing on the side. And one of the questions that we had gotten was, how do I teach my pacer to canner? You know, because they have been taught from mm-hmm. the time they were, and it's bred into them to pace as well, you know. Uh, but they were like, right. how do I teach this horse to canner? And Jennifer said that is probably, and even that, she teaches all of her horses to canner. But that is probably one of the more difficult pieces within the standard bread region training. And she said what she does, which I thought was really cool, is she said she either takes them out on a slight incline and asks them to canter up the okay. hill, or if it's snowing, she'll take them out in the, in the snow, in the deeper snow, <laughs> and, and ask them to canter, which I thought was really interesting. It was something I had never thought of before. That makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah, they have to use their bodies differently in, in those modes, yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Have you guys had trouble pushing the standard breads into, like, the writing world? I happen to have a standard bread that it came off the track and he is the most lovely horse. Oh, I just love him. I'm so glad to hear that. You know, we don't. What I find very interesting is our standard bread, um, we, you know, our standard bread adopters are legitimately the best ambassadors of that breed that we could ever ask for. I love reading their stories and they're like, I took it out on a trail and it was the quietest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, you know, they really don't have very many issues going to riding because they've been wearing, you know, surcingles and, and all that garb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're just, they're such hard workers yes. and they're so friendly and sweet. What a neat breed. Very. But I find that at least in our, our little Midwest area, more people are like, oh yeah, you know, they're for driving and stuff. And no, hop on that horse. Exactly. They are. They are. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. People are willing to, to give that a go and stuff. That's wonderful. So what type of employees and volunteers do you have at New Vocations? Who works at your training barns and your rehab barns? Sure. So we utilize a lot of independent contractors, mostly because a lot of places where we board, they teach lessons and they board other horses and things like that as well. So we utilize a lot of independent contractors. We have a couple full-time, what we call just our our main office people. So we have a woman who does intake. And then we also have a marketing and PR woman who's wonderful, wonderful to have. We have a development director and we have um, a thoroughbred director and a standard bread director. So we're very lucky to have multiple people who are all kind of on board, you know, working for the same goal. That's great. So now tell me about your writers. Are your riders your trainers every time or do you have some people who just are putting miles on your horses giving them just experience out there director here in like 
and she actually galloped on the track for years. So she knows both sides of, you know, of the horses and what they experienced on the track and also what we want them to do once they retire. Okay. That would be quite a, it's just not your regular, okay, I've ridden horses for a little while who can hop on a racehorse. I would suspect that's quite a bit different. Okay. Tell me about your adopters. Who comes to new vocations? Sure. We're really, really lucky to have a good pool of everything from someone who just wants a trail buddy to someone who is looking for their next competition horse. So we run the whole gamut, which is really nice. Okay, so who should and shouldn't consider maybe adopting a racehorse? Sure. So we have a very intense adoption application and it basically asks everything from how much land do you have? How much, you know, how much turnout does your horse get? What do you feed? Things like that, which really kind of helps people determine if they are qualified to own a racehorse. What we end up telling a lot of our adopters is that if they are not a good candidate for a thoroughbred, that we would like them to consider a standard bred because obviously they're very different creatures. Well, do people take pretty well to that suggestion? Maybe try a standard bred? They actually know. Usually they have a little bit of an issue, but then once we explain, you know, you are a brand new horse owner, you've never owned one before, or we never just tell people we know. We always give them a reason why, which I think is helpful for them because they can say, oh, okay, well, if I had a trainer, I would be eligible or, you know, for a thoroughbred or something along those lines, which is really nice because they they then know what needs to change for them to get approved for for a thoroughbred. Right. And that makes sense. Yes. Sure. So how can adopters make their horses transitions to their new life easier? We actually give everybody a what we call our take-home packets. And it is literally step-by-step instructions of how to make the transition more gentle on both the horse and the new owner, obviously. Sure. You know, everybody's trying to figure each other out. And, and it basically says, don't immediately go home and ride your horse. Like, give him a couple <laughs> days to settle in and get used to his new surroundings and don't immediately kick him out into a field with, you know, 15 other horses. Make sure he finds a buddy, you know, and and then they can kind of go from there. So it is definitely almost an art form to make sure that they transition well, but we've been doing it for so long, honestly, that we've got it down to a science. Well, and it sounds like there's a lot of good support at New Vocations, too. If somebody had some questions or needed suggestions, you guys have their back. Yes, and a lot of times that's exactly what happens. They'll call, you know, one of our trainers whom they adopted from and they're like, hey, I'm really having this issue. Can you offer any suggestions? And it's it's been wonderful because they are all like, oh yeah. Because again, our end goal is we want that horse to find his perfect home. You know, and we do always take our horses back, but we would like them to find their person so that they're not constantly being shuffled back mm-hmm. and forth. Because of course that's hard on, on everyone. Right. No, that makes sense. Well, let's go into some success stories. Can you uh, share some good stuff? Yes. Sure. And actually, you'll have to forgive me because I'm not in front of my computer right now. <laughs> I don't have a lot of them pulled up in front of me, but we actually had a couple horses compete in the Thoroughbred Incentive Program Championships. It's two weeks ago now. So we had quite a few who did everything from walk trot on the flat in our Walnut Arena to those who came in and jumped around our Hunter Derby. Uh, we have horses that have gone on to become police horses. We have horses that are packing their owners around, you know, especially our standard breads in particular, driving them on trails. And they're just like you were saying, they're just such wonderful ambassadors. And when people talk to them, they're like, oh, we ride these horses and we drive them and we're out here on the trails and they're steady eddies, you know, which is super fantastic. And we have some of them that are competing in Florida. We have one who just finished the Florida circuit this spring, which was wonderful. And they they do everything. I mean, that's the thing is that we keep trying to remind people that these animals are so versatile. It's not only hunt seat for the thoroughbreds. These guys can do anything.
So we had talked earlier about some technical difficulties we had and uh, Sarah got cut off, but she did send me some notes here about some great success stories that they have had at New Vocations. There are wonderful success stories on their website as well. Horseadoption.com can find out all kinds of stuff there. I'm sure, you know, if you were really interested and wanted more details, they'd be happy to give them to you. New Vocations is so friendly and so willing to educate and help. They really do just want the best for these horses and it's wonderful to see. So the first story I am talking talking about here is Meet My Buddy, and he had 29 starts, earned just under $100,000, and then got to his new home and turned into a beginner hunter division horse. And let's see, Kelsey is his mama. So anyway, they do a couple of updates. It looks like Buddy has adjusted well over the past year to his new life. He has become the leader when out in the field with the other horses. Buddy has become quite the cuddler and enjoys attention, grooming, and treats. He especially likes little kids and is always happy to stand quietly and let them brush and touch him. Kelsey, his new owner, and Buddy competed at several shows this year, always placed first and second in their flat classes. Buddy did hunter cross rails this summer and is now moving on to two foot fences. He and Kelsey have bonded and he is always eager to do his best for her. Buddy really seems to enjoy jumping. Meet my Buddy has met his forever girl. So that's one of the stories here from New Vocations. The next one I've got, this is just a short one, but free to choose, was unraced because he had a chip in his knee here. They put him through surgery and got him healed up and now he is showing successfully English and Western pleasure at state fairs and is doing very well. It looks like the guy's granddaughter took him to a modeling shoot and free to choose had a a good time there. Here's another one. We've got Dixie High. Dixie had five starts, earned $45,000 as a racehorse. Dixie High is now a mounted police horse. Dixie High has been doing great. They nicknamed him DH. I'm very pleased on how he is doing on the trails and doing police work. I started him out just walking on the trails with just me and the dog. He learned to climb hills and cross frozen creeks. I have taken DH to two mounted police trainings and he has done outstanding. I've only been able to ride him uptown once so far, but he will see lots this fall when the students are back in. I took him to Washington, D.C. for police week, but he got a minor injury and wasn't able to go. D.H. is a very loving horse, likes to put his head over the over your shoulder and be hugged. He's a crowd pleaser, tries his best at all he's asked. He's out on pasture and is loving the slow life with the other horses. D.H. has been doing outstanding. We'd have lots of mounted police training and he's doing great. Very good representation of the thoroughbred horse and shines like a star in those trainings. Did training in November at the Columbus, Ohio gas training. It was so thick that he couldn't see any of the other horses or any of the other people on the ground. He started to panic, but looked back at his owner in his gas mask and relaxed right away. Just returned last week from making taking DH to Mobile, Alabama for 10 days. Was hoping to have some of the photos by now of him walking through the fire and with a helicopter hovering in his face. Later in the week, DH worked at Mardi Gras celebration in downtown Mobile, and I couldn't have asked him to have done better. We as a team have also been working the streets in Columbus, the Michigan football game, and the city of Athens. There are a lot of block parties planned this spring, and he will be a big part of controlling them. DH still loves just being a horse and riding the trails with the dog and me. The trail riding helps him with our bonding and continues to enforce it. I'm looking forward to many years working with him and have been promoting the new vocations everywhere we go. Pal's first lady had 21 starts, earned just a little over $46,000, and was adopted in Missouri on her first update. Lady is doing great. She became friends with my geldings almost immediately. They share a paddock. The last picture shows what they like doing best, rolling in the dirt. The weather hasn't been very conductive to riding, but she did finally get to take her on some trail rides and the mare seems to really be enjoying it. I've been using a bitless bridle on her and she does fine. So far, I've just walked her on the trail and will probably do just that. May once in a while trot, but maybe not. Very pleased and can't believe I was lucky enough to get her. Update number two, Lady is a complete joy. She's been wonderful on trail rides, haven't had any problems with her. She continues to spend her nights in the paddock 
Ozark. Um, in the days, she gets to hang out in the pasture with her friends. She's been to the Ozark National Scenic Riverways. Takes a very sensible horse to ride these trails. There are canoes, tents, four-wheelers, dogs, folks on bikes, and to say nothing of deer, turkey, and who knows what else may fly up in front of you. And she has taken everything in stride. You have to have a smart horse on these trails, too, and she is smart and attentive to her surroundings. Update number three, Lady continues to be a joy to ride and has become an outstanding trail horse. During the winter, she stays in her paddock with some other friends from New Vocations. In the summer, again, she'll be turned out to pasture and heading again, it looks like, to Ozark Scenic Riverway. And my last story here that Sarah sent is Chassinet. Looks like he had one start, earned $300. That's okay. Chance is learning to go nicely on the flat, dressage training on the bit, stretching, giving in two gates. He's beginning to jump cross rails and verticals up to two feet. He's very willing. Gets a little spooky when he's being exposed to new things, but he learns very quickly. He's also learning to unload and load in the trailer quietly and spend long periods of time in the trailer as well. Everyone who meets him loves him. He's very personable, gives hugs and snuggles and loves attention. He's jumping three foot and doing small courses. His dressage is coming along. He's schooling training level. Walk track canter leg yields. He is loved by all who come in the barn. He looks for chances to get hugs all the time. People always comment on what a big, beautiful boy he is. Completely in love with this guy and so glad he's recovering well. Thank you, Sarah Coleman, for taking the time to share what New Vocations is and does. If you'd like to learn more about New Vocations, check them, their adoptables, and their giving opportunities out at horseadoption.com and follow them on all the social media outlets. New Vocations is passionate about matching great horses to their forever homes. If you have any questions, they're always happy to help. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for listening to the Horse Cure Podcast, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. You can find more information at thehorsecure.com and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 